Let's turn in our Bibles to Jonah chapter 2. Speaking of the the story of the the man who got swallowed by a fish and lived to tell about it, uh, we're going to read about that today. So Jonah chapter 2, you can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1,437. 1,437. Jonah chapter 2. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Thus ends our reading of God's inerrant word. May all who hear it find new life in Christ. Well, most of you already know the the story of Jonah, at least the premise of Jonah. Jonah was a prophet of God. And God called him to go to Nineveh, an enemy of the Jews, and to preach against them. However, Jonah did not want to go. So he ran from God and instead got onto a boat and headed for Tarshish. So the Lord sent a violent storm that threatened the ship and its crew. The the, the sailors on board, they they cried out to to their gods for help but to no avail. Finally, they they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Jonah explained to this crew that that he served Yahweh, the the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. They knew that Jonah was running from God, so they they asked him what they should do. Jonah told them, that if they, if they threw him into the sea, then the, the storm would stop. Well, the sailors did not want to do this. But the storm grew even worse. So, so eventually they, they caved to Jonah's request. And eventually they threw him into the sea. They cried out to Yahweh for forgiveness. But Jonah hit the water and as soon as his feet touched the water, the the tempest stopped. The sailors worshipped the Lord 
by offering sacrifices and making vows to serve the God of the Hebrews. And then a great fish came by the command of the Lord and swallowed up Jonah. For three days and three nights, he was inside the belly of the fish. And this provides the backdrop and the keys to understanding our text for today. So let's dive in and look at our text a little more closely. Jonah chapter 2, verse 1. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. The author has left the reader in suspense. Jonah had just been swallowed up by this great fish. And now in chapter 2, there's a break in the flow of the story. And one is left to wonder about the prophet's fate. Instead of telling us whether Jonah would live or die, we discover that Jonah was sending up a prayer from the belly of a fish. And it isn't just some quick prayer, God, please help me, that was just made up on the spot. No, this is a thought-out, poetic prayer modeled after the Psalms. And like other Psalms we read, Jonah's is structured in a similar fashion. The, the arrangement of Jonah's prayer can be broken up into four distinct sections. In, in verse 2, we see the first portion. Here, Jonah summarized what he was about to pray. He, he gave a general overview of his psalm. He mentioned the predicament that he found himself in. His call for help to God and God's answer to that call. Then in verses 3 through 6a, we, we see our second section where Jonah lays out descriptively his dire distress and his pleading for rescue. Section 3 begins in the middle of verse 6 where we see there is a shift. There, God answers, is answering Jonah in his trouble and rescuing him from death's grasp. And finally, in verses 8 and 9, we see Jonah praising God for, for his deliverance from ruin. Jonah made a vow to serve Yahweh. To sum it up, Jonah's prayer is, is a plea from a, a man in the clutches of death. It is a cry of desperation. It is the begging of a man under the doom of God. Let's look at that first section in verse 2 where Jonah summarizes his petition. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. In this first portion, you see Jonah given an overview of his situation. Jonah was in distress. He was in the belly of the grave. So he cried out to God, and God heard his voice and answered him. Now there is a dispute between theologians today on whether or not Jonah actually died in this ordeal and was resurrected, or whether the fish was God's saving vessel, and so instead Jonah was only close to death, but didn't actually die. 
It is from this verse that some argue for Jonah's actual death because of the use of the word grave or sheol. For the, the Hebrew word actually means realm of the dead. So the argument is put forth that, that Jonah's grave was in the belly of the fish. However, other theologians will argue that the word sheol is, is used in poetic fashion, describing Jonah's brush with death. They say that Jonah's rescue comes in the form of a fish, and there's merit to this argument as well. The text isn't super clear on this issue, and honestly, it doesn't matter one way or another, for the message of Jonah's, of Jonah's prayer is quite clear. Jonah repented of his ways and cried out to God. God heard his prayers and rescued him from death's grasp. That being said, let's look, take a closer look at Jonah's distress. Verses 3 through 6. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. In these verses, we see the, the hopelessness and despair of Jonah. God's judgment had come upon him, and he could run from God no longer. And notice in, in verse 3, who was it that, that cast Jonah into the deep? He, he didn't say that it was the pagan sailors. No. God was directly responsible for this. The, the sailors were no different than the waves or the breakers. They were just instruments of God's wrath. We see this time and again throughout Scripture. God will use worldly means to bring about His judgment upon people. When, when the northern kingdom of Israel grew utterly corrupt, God sent the Assyrians to destroy the rebellious people and to devastate the land. And when the, when the southern kingdom of Judah would not repent of their idolatry, God summoned His Babylonian warriors to destroy Jerusalem and Solomon's temple. You see, God establishes kingdoms and he brings them down. And similarly, he brings justice on an individual level as well. In Jonah's case, the, the, the sailors who threw him off the ship were only a secondary cause. God was the one who cast him into the deep. Yahweh was the one who brought judgment upon this man, and Jonah knew this. What did Jonah say when he was under this curse? I have been banished from your sight. The very thing he was trying to do, to, to flee from God's presence, was now at hand. He was drowning in the sea. And God had forsaken this man, casting judgment upon him. Jonah had caught a glimpse 
a, a small glimpse of what it truly means to face the wrath of the Lord. And he, he quickly turned to God for rescue. He said, I, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. You can see Jonah's repentant heart turning towards God. He, he shifted his thoughts to the temple in Jerusalem where God's presence resided. Jonah finally understood the foolishness of running from God. And he now turned to, to look upon his Lord for salvation. You see, Jonah's sin is the, is the root of all sin. Man desires to put God to death and to become his own God. This is why Jonah was running. Yet God had disciplined his child and brought about a repentant heart. Listen, all have turned their backs on God. All have rebelled against him. All run from God. What did he think? That, that, that Jonah was just, just tired of hearing God's voice and wanted to flee? No. God had asked Jonah to do something that he did not want to do. One, the, the, the Ninevites were enemies of the Jews. They were wicked, wicked people. Warning them of God's coming judgment was not what Jonah wanted, nor was it what the Jews wanted. They would rather see God swiftly and utterly just take them out. Two, being God's messenger to Nineveh could have cost Jonah his life. So yeah, Jonah fled from God. And now God was giving him exactly what he wanted. And it terrified Jonah. Dear friends, often God will ask you to do the opposite of what you desire. This is why you must repent. You must turn away from your rebellious ways and direct your eyes to God. For rescue can come from no other. However, you do not need to turn to any temple as Jonah did, for Christ came and tabernacled among you. You must turn your thoughts to Christ, for only in him will you find salvation. You see, as, as Jonah sank into the deep, he saw the bars close upon him forever. And yet, God answered his prayer. His hope was renewed. Verses 6 and 7. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. God delivers his people out of hopeless situations. The Lord is the one who, who lifts up the repentant sinner. After all, it was his discipline that had repented Jonah in the first place. God does this with all of his children. 
as a, as a loving father corrects his child, not only through the use of external means, but, but inwardly as well. The Lord gives to his children his Holy Spirit, turning their hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. When Jonah's life was just fading away, he, he remembered his Lord, and his prayers rose to God. It went into his holy temple. Brothers, sisters, the prayers of a righteous man are powerful and effective. God listens to a sinner's cry for mercy. When the bars of your sins are surrounding you and you seem to have no hope of escape, Christ came and died for those sins. It is only when you dwell upon the Lord that true hope can arise for you. Listen, if, if, if one side of the coin is repentance and the other side is faith, on the one hand, God's judgment shows you your folly, but on the other, His love and His mercy express to you salvation. And it is through repentance and faith that Jonah was moved to make a vow. Look at verses 8 and 9. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. This is the true life of a Christian. Here we see three aspects of the Christian walk. First, the renouncing of all other gods. Second, a heart of thanksgiving for what God has done. And finally, a commitment to following God's will. Let's look at these three in order. First, the renouncing of worthless idols. Jonah looks back to those pagan sailors on that ship. When, when the storm raged, who did they seek out? Their idols. In the midst of troubles, they, they, they each cried out to their, their gods. Yet these false gods gave no security. The storm did not stop. There was no hope that could come from their idols. And yet, Jonah had his own idol. Not an idol made of wood or of stone, but it was a mirror. His idol was himself. Instead of listening to God's command, he ran, for he thought he knew better than God. Relying on an idol is to forsake the steadfast love of the one true God. A true believer in Christ is a person who has turned from vain idols. They no longer gaze elsewhere for their hope and security, but they now look to the one true God. And this God gives his continuous love and rescues them from their sins by the grace that is his. Brothers, sisters, what are the idols that are in your life? 
What is taking you away from God's grace? Jesus died for such things. Repent and look to him. Second aspect, Jonah was thankful. And he, he sang of his gratitude. This is true for all believers. Any who truly understand Christ and what he has done for them, they are grateful to God. Thankfulness demonstrates that, that, that a person is both poor in spirit and yet full of praise. They are glad to have discovered the God of grace, the one who forgave them of their sins. And it is, it is this kind of gratitude that brings relief, relief from the guilt and the shame that had once overtaken them. Are you thankful for what Christ has done for you? When, when you sur survey your life and you, you see your sinfulness, do you look to the cross? Do you look to the blood of Jesus for forgiveness? Do you look to the, the mercy that has been poured out for you? Does your heart weep with gratitude? This was the thankfulness of Jonah. Even though he was a prophet of God, his sin was great. Yet in his mercy, God forgave him. And it was this kind of thankfulness that led him to offer a sacrifice and make a vow to God, the third aspect of the Christian life. Jonah had committed himself to doing God's will. He would head to Nineveh. This is a call of all Christian disciples. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24 say this, Then he said to all of them, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for me will save it. It is repentance and faith that lead to thankfulness. Thankfulness to a God that has forgiven you of so much. And it is with such gratitude in mind that you are able to bear up your cross. For it was Christ who took up his cross first so that you could carry yours. And finally, at the end of Jonah's prayer, we, we see the theme of the book. Salvation comes from the Lord. God is the author of salvation. Jonah is a book about salvation. Salvation for the sailors, salvation for Jonah, and ultimately, salvation for the people of Nineveh. If you are in Christ, know that your salvation comes from God alone. It is not a decision that you have made. It's not a prayer that you have prayed. It's not any good work that you may have done. But it is a work of God. Think about the, the length that God went to to bring Jonah to repentant faith. He sent a storm. 
The lot was cast and it fell on Jonah. He was then tossed into the sea. God then sent a, a giant fish to swallow this man. Essentially, God gave to Jonah what he wanted. The Lord showed to Jonah what it would truly be like if he were absent. And it horrified this man. But it got his attention. Salvation is a work of God and no one else. Dear friends, if you are not in Christ, then there is no salvation for you to cling to. There is no steadfast love on which you can stand. For only Christ can rescue you from the depths of your sin. Don't you see? You are no different than Jonah. You are in the same desperate situation, drowning in your sins. Repent and trust in him. What is the final hope of such salvation? Resurrection. Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, our, our last verse. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. God spoke to a fish, and it obeyed his command. God used his creation to bring about judgment upon Jonah through the storm and the fish. And, and once again, he's using his creation to bring about new life to Jonah. And this points us to our first scripture reading, Matthew 12, verse 40. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah points us to the resurrection of Jesus. Christ rose from the dead and gained victory over sin, death, and the devil. The bars of death's door could not hold him. Shale could not contain him. The stone was rolled away and his radiance shone forth. O oh, death, where is your victory? O oh, death, where is your sting? The Lord stands triumphant. And he brings the same victory to all who trust in him. Do not run from your Savior. Turn to him in faith. Let us pray. Father, we confess to you that all, all too often we, we do run from your grace. We desire to be our own gods and we drown in our, in our own pride. Yet you reach down into the waters and, and grab hold of our hands. You rescue us from our sins through your Son. Thank you for sending Jesus, who died on the cross, taking upon himself our punishment. Because, because he was forsaken, we are not. We ask now that you would send us your Holy Spirit, so that we might repent of our sins and trust in you.
so that we might be united with Christ in his resurrection. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>